0: All right, the system is a little bit set up. Can you guys, can you hear me okay, Luke? Just sh- shake your head, because I, okay, cool. Yeah, I hear you. And also, that was the best uh, worship has ever sounded. There was no cutout. Was oh, sweet. Really, really good. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, um, happy Mother's Day to you mothers out there. I am, uh, very, very grateful for mothers, uh, in general, but, uh, my mother and my wife in particular, to be sure, um, I I understand that mothering is not an easy thing. This is from uh, what people have told me and what I've seen. Mothering is not an easy thing. There is something about mothers, though, that um, could never be accomplished by a man. Just the sheer gratitude of love that is bestowed and is felt by um, all of us, by our moms. And I know that um, when I wondered if anybody cared about me, I knew that my mom loved me like that, that deep love. And that not only was that my mom, but that was God's gift to me in those moments from my mother, where I just get to, um, know that I am loved and I can live out of a sense of being loved. And I think that that is, um, the heart of God given to us as, is a gift of grace. And it's a beautiful thing. And, um, and that's one of the main reasons that I believed I am loved by God is because my mother has done a great job of it. And it's it's a beautiful ministry that mothers have. And so I pray that you may do it well not only that, and that you may be celebrated not only this Mother's Day. Mo says that Mother's Day is not a real thing because uh, they should be celebrated every day. I'm pretty sure that's what she means. So we'll give that a try. But let us get into Psalm uh, 138 here. And we will uh, pray that, and then get into the this text. And this is a psalm of David. I give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. You have exalted above all. You have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of earth shall give you thanks, O God, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against me, against the wrath, and not against me, but against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we have this uh, wonderful Psalm of David, and once again, we see David, which we haven't seen him for a while, but we see David, and he's giving thanks to God. And this time, he's doing it with a whole heart. Sometimes he says, I just, I'm giving uh, thanks to God, not necessarily with a whole heart. He just says, I'm giving thanks to God. But here, we can see that he is doing this with a whole heart. And I think that this is the key that David was worshiping God with a whole heart. With all that he has and all that he is, he is giving thanks to God. His whole heart, if you've read about the life of David, you can see like his whole heart doesn't mean he did a perfect job by any stretch of the imagination, but it means that. Even when he stumbles, he keeps going back to God. He keeps seeing like, yes, you're the one I'm going to put my hope in. You're the one I'm going to worship. Above all these other things that I can see, you're the one that I'm going to worship. And this is something that we get to attempt as well, to live life praising God with a whole heart. I think of the many distractions that David would have had as the king of Israel. There would have been much that is trying to pull him away from this wholehearted worship of God. In particular, there would have been other gods that are set up. Um, idols and worshipers peddling their gods, saying, this is a, a better God than your God. And, um, and, like, and yet David knew that this was the greatest God. That he would give praise to him with his whole heart. If it was sunny and he was enjoying the sun like today... He would would praise the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Whereas those around him would be praising the sun gods of their own religions. And if it was rainy, he would have worshipped the God who uh, freed his people by parting the Red Sea, if he would have liked the rain, that is. Or um, uh, whereas others around him would have worshipped the local rain god or the local uh, god that, you know, blessed the plants or something like that. There were plenty who did this around him, who worshipped other gods, who worshipped false gods. He might have even had, David had a, a good number of wives, he might have had a wife or two that worshipped these false gods, and yet, with a whole heart, David worshipped Yahweh. Or you can see here that it's the Lord. This is a temptation for us as well. We might not have idols like David did. We might not see peddlers of different gods saying, hey, come and worship this one or worship that one. But in, uh, So not in the same way, but they are still here, these false idols and these false um, things that are trying to get our attention. When we talk about a whole heart, there are going to be things that come in And try to see if you actually have a whole heart for Jesus. And see if it's actually pointed to the one that you say that you worship. I can think of, you know, big broad categories like money and power and fame. there is If you break those down and think through just those three things, all the trappings that are in money and power and fame, I can think of things like gizmos and gadgets that are always constantly trying to get our attention or think of um, influence that we may want to have or power that comes with just using our voice. I can think of like addictions and even just habits, even if they're healthy, that can become gods. I can think of just anything, the latest thing that would make us happy. That would say, hey, this is going to satisfy you. Think of a movie or music. And do they ever completely satisfy us? No. Even if they do so for a time, they don't completely satisfy us. And all these things can be good things. And though they may not be idols in the traditional sense, some of these things can take us away from Jesus. And some of these things think that they are better than God. And they, and they get, try to get us to treat these things better than God. And in this prayer, we are praying with David this morning. We are worshiping God with a whole heart. We are asking that we can prove that we love Jesus above all things. There is nothing um, in this prayer, we can say it like this. There is nothing that can take me from the love of God and there's nothing that can take me off of the path of following Jesus with my life. I give thanks with this whole heart because we've never been failed by Jesus. Amen? Other gods have let us down. Other things have let us down. But Jesus has kept our whole heart in his care, moment in and moment out, every single day. And this is not something that is easy to do, to trust Jesus with all our life and with our whole heart. We need to keep coming before him. Every single day, every moment of the day, David went to the temple. And into this, this is the place where God's presence was said to dwell. So when David was in trouble, we've seen over and over in the Psalms that he would run to the temple. We go to Jesus. As Christians, we go to Jesus where God's presence is best seen. We want to show Jesus our whole heart is His as we bow down towards His holy temple and that being Jesus. This means that we come into His presence And in in the Lord's presence, we are reminded why He is above every single other God. We get to come to Him intentionally, and when we do, and when we're actually met there by God because He meets us there, we are reminded of many things that we get to be thankful for, to give Him praise for. But mainly, as even as this psalm would cry out, we praise Him for His steadfast love and His faithfulness towards us. This steadfast love and faithfulness are such wonderful and deep gifts that we are are constantly blessed and amazed that God would give these to us. Also, it's not like uh, he only gives them to us one time, right? His steadfast love and faithfulness are given to us over and over and over again. I think one of the the things when I was a young man, I used to think that this was just a one-time thing. And I I wish that I could have corrected my heart back then, but as I've seen God throughout life, I've seen that His steadfast love are good time and time again. With a whole heart, we are saying, in you alone do I find my life. You deliver me. You deliver me by grace and love. And you do this because you are faithful, even when I am not, even when I step off the path, you are faithful. And I find my purpose, not in myself, not in my possessions, but in you alone. There is nothing else in life that I desire besides you, Jesus. God's word, God's word, it says here that God's word, in God's word, um, In God's word is Jesus, according to scriptures, right? And Jesus called us, he creates in us a new heart, he leads and guides us, and we learn to follow him. We're practicing, we we learn to give him our praise, and we practice as we meet with him day to day. Our heart is turning away from all the worthless things that are trying to capture our heart to the one who is worthy of all our praise. And we can hear God's words to us in the person in the life of Jesus. We can read about these in the scriptures. We can um, hear from those hear of these from our friends, and we can try to discern the way that He would have us live, and we can sing to our Lord with all our heart and give him glory, because he is truly the only one worthy of it. I love this that I I there's certain things that I love about fake gods. They don't create. Amen? And yet we worship Yahweh, the God who created the heavens and the earth. Uh, Fake gods don't have faithfulness. They dispose of us as soon as we stop following them, as soon as we start giving our whole heart to them. And yet if they do follow us, they follow us with guilt and shame and not freedom and grace and love and faithfulness that God gives us. Fake gods, even if they're shiny for a moment, don't deserve all the glory, but we know that Jesus does. And fake gods don't go to the cross and sacrifice themselves so that you and I will be made whole by, by their blood, but Jesus does that. He lays down his life for us. I was reminded yesterday, reading through 1 Peter, Jesus is just and he sacrificed injustice so that we might know. And be with God forever. Jesus knew no sin so that, we might, uh, so that we who certainly know sin might be reconciled to God. And Jesus became our righteousness so that we might benefit from this gift of righteousness that he gives us. There is no one or nothing that can bring us peace and joy and love and faith and hope and grace and community, whether that be here in your cars or online on your couch, which looks super comfortable, by the way, looks super comfortable, but this is the extent of God's love for us, that he sent Jesus into the world that we might be reconciled and live with him forever. And this is worthy of all our praise. In verse 4-6 through in in these scriptures, we see the kings of earth give thanks. And that might be a prayer for us. We can actually think of this, most scholars think that this is um, David, the King David, uh, being a king and declaring his love. Like, I hear these. Or it's the prayer of people that are praying for David as king. And we can pray that this will happen with our rulers of the earth as it did for David. So many times, Kings and rulers who get to the pinnacle of their power, they don't sing praise. They fight God. They ignore God. A lot of times they think that they are God. In other words, many kings and rulers and leaders think that God is a joke and not worthy of praise. They think that all the power is theirs and all the decisions and outcomes, unless the outcomes are negative, then it's somebody else's fault. But if it's the outcomes are great, then it's all theirs. And this is what our rulers do. And we get to pray that our rulers, our leaders, our kings, our presidents, our governors, our mayors, all that good stuff. We get to pray that they can see and hear and know that Jesus is above all other gods and recognize that and walk in humility as they get to lead um, people. And Jesus alone, though, is worthy to sing praise to. We get to pray that they will get to see this rightly as we are striving to see it rightly as well. The truth is, is that none of us see God's big picture. And we get to have the humility to submit to Jesus, his rule and reign. And we get to hope for this, that more and more people will get to take this in. One thing that separates us from, one thing that separates God from all other little g-gods is found in verse 6. And I found this verse very, very comforting this week. For for though the Lord is high, He regards the lowly, but the haughty He knows from afar. Kings and rulers and peoples of power and importance don't do this. Only God does this. People in power, they don't hang out with the lowly. And if they do, they do it so that they can use them not to befriend them. People of power don't often think of people in low estate, but yet God keeps them on His mind. He takes those who are lowly, not just in heart, but in reality, and treats them and deals with them very sweetly. I almost think like, uh, I know this is Mother's Day, but I think of it like, the way that a a good mom would care for their children. Think of those who um, have abused power, or abused people by power. Think of all the... Uh, the race wars that have been going on forever and ever, and they're not just in this country, by the way, they're all over the world. Think of the race wars that are ignored by our so-called justice system, and they put aside, uh, put that side by side with the systemic racism that has built our culture. You can see that the rulers use those, not walk with them. Those who are different than us or less than us because of the color or their skin or their accent or where they came from. Think about the immigrants who came to this country who built great cities and yet this didn't just happen in the 1700s, 1800s. This is happening still today in cities throughout the world. They're still being used harshly even if we can't see it as clearly. Those who live in squalor conditions that are packed in so that they might pres- provide services that no one else will. We can think of these people. Kings and rulers don't care about these people, and they're definitely not going to go have dinner with them in their, their small apartments. And even those rulers who know about these people, they patronize them at best. go, oh, I will help you poor you. I will help you. And this is not our God. God regards the lowly. God comes to dwell with them in Jesus. God loves them so much that He gave His life for them. God came to bring them dignity and worth. And I think of it in these terms. When I lived in Las Vegas for six months, I worked with homeless people and prostitutes. These were my friends that I saw on a daily basis. I didn't know, I actually didn't know that many people outside of those circles because of the time that I spent with them. But when a big event came to town, or a big conference happened, the arrest rates went through the roofs. My friends were jailed. I couldn't find any of them when there was a big event in town. My friends were jailed for a few days on trumped-up charges, only to have the charges dropped a few days later when the big event or big conference was over. That's how rulers Treat the poor. And yet Jesus comes to eat and drink with sinners and tax collectors, with drunkards. Jesus comes. Jesus was friends with them, he was friends with the poor. He was friends with farmers, with those of different races and nationalities. Those that were the Jewish people of today would have considered not worth spending their time with like a Samaritan or a Gentile. And Jesus was close to them and he blessed them and he spoke words of life to them. Jesus was close with the prostitutes and blue collar workers alike. Jesus regarded the lonely, the King of kings, Lord of lords, looked down on the least of these, even the children amongst in their midst, and said, these are the ones that I love. And yet the leaders, and even some of Jesus' disciples said, hey, get these kids away. Get them away. And Jesus is like, no, you don't push them away. You bring them to me. And in the kingdom of God, God uses the weak things of this world to shame the wise. He flips the entire power structure on its head. Normal on earth is not normal with Jesus. This begs us with our whole heart to set up Jesus as our God. As the one we worship and set above, even ourselves, we get to be lowly. So that Jesus will be with us. We get to humble ourselves before Jesus and know that without Him we are nothing. Even if the world says we are something, especially if the world says we are something, but we get to humble ourselves and come before Jesus and let Him be our everything. To Jesus we give all our praise and our honor and blessing for His steadfast love and His faithfulness endure forever. It is God who saves. Safety and salvation are found in Christ alone. Grace and faithfulness are found in Christ alone. And we ask Jesus to preserve our life, to give us life and see that life is found in Jesus. And that's when we when we see that, we get to live that out. When we give up our life and follow Him, him instead of following ourselves and our own desires and all these things that are trying to catch our attention, when we give those up and follow Him, we are satisfied in Jesus. In this we pray, the Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. And I think that what he's done in our hearts and in our lives is the work of his hands. And let he who began a good work in you see it through to completion. Let us keep following Jesus, grace and mercy. This is my prayer for us. Keep practicing our praise and our worship and practicing so that we might be able to do this with a whole heart. Let us keep running to Jesus at all times and in all situations. Let us be humble enough to be lowly and in our low estate be comforted by Christ. Let us set aside all our sins and idols that so easily tempt us and worship Jesus alone. For he alone is worthy of all our praise. Jesus, we come before you and we ask that we may worship you with a whole heart. That before all these other gods that are trying to get our attention, that we may worship you. And that we may give thanks to you for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And we thank you that it endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen.